Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A word of warning. This podcast contains discussions that some listeners may find distressing or triggering. Please use your discretion. Welcome to Reclaim Me. My name is Madeline Heather and today I am joined by Harrison James. Harrison is a survivor, advocate and founder of Fuck Injustice. Welcome, Harrison. Hello. How are you today? I am so happy to have you on. Um, We connected a little while back on Instagram and you have been telling your story and making waves and doing wonderful things for survivors in the community. Do you mind telling us a little bit other than that (laughs) about yourself and what you do? Finally feel free. Like I've come out of this sort of, the way I explain it to people, it's like weather, like it was a stormy, stormy time and now the storm's gone and the sunshine's just breaking through and that's how I'm feeling overall right now. So it's a great feeling. And it's great to um, have opportunities to make people feel empowered and it's great to have opportunities to get creative because I'm a very creative person and I like to uh, take that to its greatest potential and, um, yeah, it's a ton of fun. So I'm just having fun with it because I think that's part of the method to destigmatizing everything, just keep it fun. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you've got your hat on at the moment. It's all colourful. It says fucking justice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like the way that you're bringing your creative self to your brand, which hasn't dropped yet but will be soon. Um, yeah. Do you mind telling us a bit about what that's about? Yeah, it's just, well, first and foremost, it's about um, promoting an end to violence against children, which um, is super important. And... Um, but also fucking justice. It's for anybody that has any injustice committed against them and they're not happy about it. I mean, there's nothing worse than feeling lost or done wrong by. So just telling that to get fucked is like a really liberating thing. So, yeah, when it first comes out, within the first week, there'll be a portion of the proceeds that get donated to a uh, the Polish Man Charity, which advocates an end to child abuse and... Yeah, that's like a really cool thing that I get to do. And uh, Outside of your <laughs> advocacy as well, though, you 
have just kind of ended your job and started doing this kind of more full-time. Um, yeah. You're living in Sydney, is that right, in Australia? Yeah, yeah, Sydney, that's right, right near the beach. So I'm very lucky and very grateful. I'm very, very beachy, love to go on my long walks and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's like totally me and, yeah, super cruisy, fun, love to go out, mates, and, yeah. I think, like I said, it's like I've gone through that phase of my life where it's like the dark and stormy I want to set aside it for the sun and fun times, metaphorically. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so yeah. much. And you live in such a good area. I went up there in April last year for my on my own for my birthday and oh, every wow. day I, I reckon I went from at least Bondi to Clavelli, like every day. Yeah, wow such a long walk but it's like there's nothing better and I think it's just such a beautiful area too. I used to get up in the morning and watch the sunrise on the rocks um, and yeah. just sit there and like listen to the waves crashing. I don't know what it is about that kind of area. For me it's yeah. it's something I'll never forget those moments. They meant a lot to me. It's super euphoric and I know for a fact this is going to sound really cringe and spiritual but it is what it is. But I get most of my inspiration for everything I do from sunsets. So I go for a walk every evening and that you can't tell where the earth begins and the heavens type of thing. So it's like just this like beautiful, it's like looking at an oil painting and I'm just like so mesmerized by it. And that's where a lot of my inspiration actually comes for anything I do. So yeah, it sounds for it. That's probably like the artist in me going up there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love yeah. it though. I think it's, it's such a wonderful way of expressing that. And I do the same thing sometimes. I'm like, this is going to sound a little bit weird or wanky or something like that. But yeah. it is, it's, yeah. it's the honest <laughs> truth. And the fact that you've now incorporated that into your daily routine in order to make sure that you're getting that, I think it's wonderful. Yeah. It shows your yeah. gratitude and your healing and your journey a little bit. Yeah, totally. I agree 100%. That's, I think, and I think also I've made a conscious decision to do that, which um, helps with healing for anyone it's gone through anything. So to make a informed decision and make it a, a, a routine thing like that really does help. Well, for me at least, I mean, everyone's different. But, but we did you know. connect because we do have something in common, sadly, and that is that abuse in our history. Do you mind telling yeah. us a little bit about what that looked like for you? Yeah. So I was a teenage boy, young teenage boy, um, well, actually, I should rewind back a little bit because it sort of there's a bigger picture to it all. So my parents split when I was around 10 and I didn't see my father for a long time, for a few years to be exact. But when I was 13, I was just starting high school, getting into all that and it's hard for any teenager. And I needed a sort of male figure, like a father figure, um, and... So I reached out to my dad and things went really well. I mean, after it not being so great, I feel as though it went really well. And it ended up being so great that I ended up moving in with him. And he was remarried at this point to a woman from the Philippines, um, so my stepmother. And um, she took a really sort of keen interest in me and... Um, things like grooming came into play and everything and it eventuated into this totally sexualized thing and it happened for three years straight, so from when I was 13 to 16. 
which is super unfortunate, but it, it happened every day before school, after school, and it was just like I was forbidden to say anything. I was, you know, a lot of things were said to me that had the fear of God struck in me. And when I was 15, actually, uh, that woman, the perpetrator, who did what she did to me, fell pregnant to my child. And I had to pretend that that uh, little girl was my sister for a long time. And that was until I was, so the, the sexual molestation stopped when I was 16. Thank God. But it, the abuse didn't end there because the fear mongering continued and the sort of emotional abuse continued for another four years until that woman decided to flee the country with my daughter. And since then, I haven't seen my child. But uh, when that woman left the country, I was falsely accused of rape. And it was just this whole shit storm. And um, then when I was 20, I was obviously mourning the loss of my little girl and everything that happened. I didn't know. When I came out with it, I didn't even realize I was molested. I said I had a secret relationship with this woman and it, you know, I ended up in a, a rehab um, where I was diagnosed with bipolar type 2. Since then I was um, working for a company that had, um, I don't know if I can really mention it, but, yeah, and I had to leave that job and since then I've been pursuing happiness. And yeah, I think I'm there. Yeah, this is the best I've ever felt. So that's a good thing because I know if I ever wander off this course, I know where I can go. So that's how I'd see it. Yeah, that's such a wonderful reflection. And I'm so sorry that you've gone through that. That is absolutely horrific. Yeah. And I think, you know, you said a lot of interesting things in that, but I just want to quickly reflect on that last point that you just made being that you've got this baseline of happiness now that you can always compare yourself back to. And I think, that is a wonderful reflection to have on this and be like, okay, if I do start to drift away, if I start to feel sad or if things start to affect me, I know that it can get better. Yeah. And I know I've also got a great support system. Like it's unbelievable. The people, I've asked that any survivor that like says, how can I navigate this? And look, I, there's no instruction manual on how to do it. You obviously have to find your own thing. That's just how, like, that comes with the sort of with what what happens, unfortunately. But um, your support network is so important, and keeping the people close that really serve you is super important. And letting go of people that don't serve you is a, is just as important as well. So, um, I know that can sound a little harsh, but it's just the truth. So I know there's people at the clinic that want it, that want have my best interests at heart. There's family that have my best interests at heart, friends. And and since um, starting this, like I only came out with that video a little over two months ago. Um, that I'm referring to my Instagram video where I came out publicly with my story. But um, since then I've met so many survivors and like people like you and, and all this all this great networking and I finally feel like I'm part of the community. Like even though we have this horrible commonality between us that there's this like you just speak to a survivor there's this instant connection it's hard to explain but it's really special and I didn't realize that that was a thing until I came out with it publicly so and started speaking directly with other survivors if you know what I mean yeah Yeah. that's why I started the survivor support network as well because 
I was the same. I didn't realize these things I was missing out on. And even two nights ago, I had a survivor. She goes, if you can hold space, and this is the beauty of survivors is that we actually know what trauma-informed means instinctively. And she said to me, "Um, if you can hold space, I would love to have a chat with you. And what a wonderful way to make sure that I'm okay to have the chat, you know? Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. We just had this phone call where we just chatted for like two hours um, while we plotted around and did things. And it's just what we discussed a lot of that is exactly what you're talking about. You just have this commonality where you implicitly understand. And we've all had the experiences of the people in our lives that were just like, no, they have to be cut off because as sad as it is, they might've been friends for 20 years or something like that. Then you look back on it and go, you make me feel like shit every day of my life. I have to cut you out of my life. Yeah, for sure. And we all have a higher power that needs to be served. And if there's just any entities that aren't, whether it is people or uh, our own addiction or whatever, like it could be anything. If it's not serving us for, for our greater purpose, then, yeah, unfortunately we do have to let those things go. So I've learned that lesson. Absolutely. I'm but, learning that lesson every day as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, yeah. Sorry. I should rephrase what I said. Yeah. I continue to learn that lesson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you don't mind, like, do you mind me going back and asking some questions about your story? Sure. One of the things you said earlier on in the beginning, you said things like grooming started to happen. And I know yeah. we've had a few people on the podcast that have spoken about what their grooming looked like. Um, and on most occasions that was by men to younger boys um, yeah. and or by men or fathers to very young girls. You were a little bit older and obviously this female in your life, the perpetrator in your life was, um, well, sorry, was a female and you were a little yeah. bit, I guess, older than anyone else. What did grooming in yeah. that situation look like for you? Well, there's no secret that being a 13 14, 15-year-old, even 16-year-old boy, you're going through all these changes. They're very hormonal, very a lot of testosterone that's pumping through you and everything. Um, And when a woman, an older woman especially, you feel, you do, you feel like the king of the world because there's these societal norms that make you feel like, oh, I should be lucky that this has happened to me. I felt like I felt, I felt as though I, feel that I should be lucky for what happened to me for a long time. And that's what I'm here to deconstruct. And that's, that's a myth. Like we can't adhere to that anymore because it's, um, it's wrong. And, um, but grooming for me looked like there's a lot of commonality in grooming. Um, it usually starts off for me. It started off as making me feel like I'm the most special person in the world. You're the only one for me. You're all I care about. You make my life better. And then it goes from gradual touching. I remember one of the first times it happened, we were in a movie theatre and it was hand-holding and touches on the knee and then it eventuates to cuddling in bed and kissing and then intercourse. And, you know, it's a gradual thing, but it's very calculated across all all perpetrators. It's a calculated thing. And um, there's also a stigma that men are more likely to be perpetrators than females. That's totally true. But there's there's more female perpetrators out there than you think. They're more common than people really do think. And um, female perpetrators may be less common than male sex offenders, but that doesn't mean that their crimes are any more uh, any less devastating 
for the victims who suffer at their hands. Yep. 100%. And what you've described there is something, obviously, as you just said, that we see in most forms of grooming. So you've got this gradual pushing of boundaries and this compliance testing. Like, is yeah. is he going to comply with me? How much further can I push this boundary? And yeah. it's also... I'm sure this reiteration of consequences or something for you, if you tell this or something like, it's not just this positive grooming and compliance testing for you. It's also, will you tell, what do I need to do to make sure that you don't tell things like that? Yeah. Did that happen too? Yeah. So uh, I, I described it initially as fear mongering. Like it was total fear. Like it, it, what grooming also for me was this woman was, my step, my stepmother, like she was meant to be, I was in her care. So she had everyone in my family fooled, thinking that this she was taking care of me. So my mother was disarmed, my grandmother was disarmed, my, even my dad was disarmed. He was living in a house, he was disarmed. He thought that I was in this woman's care. And that that's part of the group. You're not only grooming the victim, you're grooming a whole sort of thing because it, it, it's for them to protect themselves in the, in the long run um, so they can get away with their abhorrent actions. Yeah. And I guess but, one thing I do want to make really clear as well is that a victim is a victim regardless and a perpetrator is a perpetrator regardless. And I yeah. think in terms of the media reporting and the way that we address male offenders is getting better. The way that we address female victims is not getting as much better, but we are addressing the problem and we're making strides in some ways. But there has been such little progress when we're talking about female offenders or women who offend, especially women like teachers or caregivers who offend against young teenage adolescent boys. That is so disgustingly reported on. It's never called what it should be. It's never female teacher sexually abuses child or anything like that. It's um, sex romp gone wrong or something where it's just, it is trivialized. And for those victims like yourself, I've spoken to another victim before where he has also gone through this and he can't come onto the podcast and talk about it yet because his voice is so sick and tired of being I guess, cast aside and made fun of and told that he yeah. should have enjoyed his abuse. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, media in general, but even entertainment, like there's um, that Adam, I don't need to get on high hot, there's that Adam Sandler film, That's My Boy. That whole movie is about a kid in school that sleeps with his teacher and he becomes famous and, like, it's just, I remember seeing that at 14 that or whenever it came out, 13, 14, whenever it came out. Like that played into that made it subconsciously had an effect on me. Um, when uh, you know this, my perpetrator would tell me things like, "You're the man in this relationship, so you need to protect me." So it was like that constant feeding of sort of toxic masculinity, and I should be lucky for what is happening to me or what did happen to me. So yeah, and there is that like fear, I guess, amongst men that no matter, was that a veiled threat, I guess, throughout the abuse before it got to the false accusation? Um, it wasn't specifically like, it was never threatened against me. It was really came out of the blue. I mean, it was a distraction tool. She wanted to flee the country um, to 
to flee um, the country with my daughter to go back to her home country of the Philippines and in order to get my dad's focus off her leaving, she threw me under the bus so it would his uh, focus would divert to me and then she could leave and, yeah, it was like a master plan. It was very calculated, very sinister. And just, I mean, it went, went, I didn't come out with it until I was falsely accused. I came out with the truth. I disclosed it to my mother. And she said, is, is anything going on here or has anything happened? And I said, well, yeah, I was in a relationship with this one. I didn't even know, like I said before, didn't even know what molestation was or any, like had no concept of it because, yeah, I was that, I was that, I want to use the word controlled, but it's not, it's not the word I want to use, but it's probably the best thing I have right now. Controlled, yeah, I was that controlled. It's like I was under a spell type of thing. And, and also I had a daughter in, in all this. I just wanted to be the dad that my dad never was for me. So I didn't want to be the reason that she was taken away from her mother. Uh, my, my intentions were pure. It was to protect my, my, my child or who, uh, yeah, my child, yeah. But she had both me and my dad fooled. She told me that it was my daughter, told dad it was his daughter. So we, like, it was just this whole sort of scheme, <laughs> yeah. It sounds like there are so many layers of lies and deceit and... So many layers, like unbelievable. It just, it's such a, to think I was even a part of it is just even unfathomable because I've disconnected myself so much from that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's the only way I could sort of heal. If I, if I, if I still connected with it, I don't know if I'd be as good as I am now. Once you're out of this controlling and horrifically abusive environment, your experience changes. You start to hear different people's points of view. You start to understand that these were lies and deceits and threats as well. So you're, you're now in an environment where you're at least not subjected to the abuse on a day-to-day basis or with threats or with anything like that, coercion, manipulation. You're in a stage now where you can, of, on your own, understand and I guess accept what's happened, yeah, and understand it. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'll say this: uh, my, my little brother turned fourteen recently, in, in January. Sorry, and um, I didn't. I couldn't bridge that. That we were at the dinner table uh, for his birthday dinner, and I was just looking at him. Just observing him, and I was just thinking, God, that's how I spoke. That's how I thought. That was my mentality at that age, and it, it made me bridge that gap because I I didn't have empathy for myself, but I saw it through my little brother, and I thought, God, that was this is horrendous. What happened? I, like this is a real crime like this is criminal it is a real injustice that has happened yeah and to say the true vulnerability yeah yeah exactly right i saw it through through that like i said it made me bridge that life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I guess as well, you know, if we talk about other survivors in other circumstances as well. I think it's such a common thread between especially male survivors and male victims, um, but not exclusive to where the age of people reporting usually comes up into the 30s or 40s. And that's Mm. because usually around that time, their children have aged into Mm. the age group that they were in at that time. So I completely understand that that's, you're sitting there and finally for the first time seeing the the true vulnerability of yourself as a 13-year-old, 14-year-old. Yeah. rather than seeing yourself at 13 or 14 in that situation. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very lucky that I have my little siblings because I would not, I would have had to deal with this later on, like most survivors do, unfortunately, which is horrible in and of itself. But the fact I had that, I'm, I'm very lucky, very grateful that I could sort of, I don't want this to sound uh, uh, wrong, but I could get ahead of the curve and heal. And I could do it not when I have kids. I can do it, like, even though I have a daughter. But I, do you know what I mean? When I have, a, a pro, like, a proper family, I I can be stable and, and know what happened to me was wrong and I can move on, and, you know, because all about this is just this is all this healing is so I can have a good life. I just want to have a good life. And I just want to help people have a good life too. I just want to spread goodness in the world. There's not enough good that gets spread. And there's very small pockets like what you do what and what other advocates do. And, like, I want to be a beacon of that as well. Like, So I did want to ask you, you said that your you, your mum was the first person that you told. Yeah about everything that was going on, when you finally kind of told her, even saying we had a relationship, what was that conversation yeah. like for you? Oh, God. It was like to see her reaction was like, oh, my God, it's not what I thought it was going to be. I thought for years that if I told anyone, shit was just going to hit the fan and it was going to cause chaos for this little girl that I needed to protect and when it wasn't that reaction, 
I thought, thank God. I, I was so relieved. And it was, it was like, yeah, it wasn't even like finally I'm being heard because I didn't even know that I, I needed to be heard. I had no, like, seriously no concept of any, like, that something wrong happened to me. I, I knew what was going on was wrong, if you don't, like, the act was wrong, but I didn't see it as me being carried on or anything like that. But it was, it was, it was great. It was, it was a good conversation. It was very emotional, but necessary. Had to happen. And what was her response? Was it just supportive or? Totally supportive. And my mother's brilliant because, like, I, I can't speak highly enough of my mum. I absolutely adore her. And she continues to want to learn to be better. Like, how can I support you in, in a better way? But every single day. Like, it's, it's actually quite astounding um, and amazing. She, she, yeah. She constantly wants to better herself for the betterment of supporting me, which is like a great, like I'm very grateful for that woman. She's, yeah, I love her. <laughs> yeah. I love hearing that. That's so like soul warming. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it warms my soul that I have such a fucking awesome mother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it is. And I think as well, it just goes to show like you on the other side of that, you don't have to know everything, but as somebody who is supporting a survivor in any capacity in their lives, you can just do your best and you can ask them, how can I support you? Every single person is different. So knowing that what you would need would be different from what I need and vice versa, knowing that you can just ask someone and say, how can I support you? And what a wonderful thing to be asked. Yeah. It's so, it's it's like music to my ears whenever you hear that, like, or before at least now it's like I don't need to hear them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's just like there's a fear around conversation as well, which sucks. Like it's it's gonna enrich or, or it's gonna be beneficial if, if the conversation's there more than anything. So don't be yeah, we really need to get away from this being a fear orientated conversation, I feel. Yeah, because yeah. if someone's not ready to speak about it, they'll just say, look, I don't really want to talk about that right now. And it's like, no, I'm done. It's like, okay, cool. Let's let's get another round and uh, keep going. <laughs> keep it moving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And you and I had that discussion the last time that we spoke, which was about <laughs> making this conversation something that you can have around the dinner table and yeah. how important that is when it comes to supporting people it shouldn't just be this sit down very big huge thing to talk about that people have to really you know and obviously for different people it means different things but the more and more you can push this to being a conversation that you can have at dinner around the family table around with friends or something like that where it's not seen as being a disgraceful thing to speak about or offensive in any way then imagine how many people feel more comfortable about speaking out about it exactly and that's sort of why I pursue the thing like the clothing and and like the children's books I do because we have to not to like but just make it a normal thing like people wear a, a hat in protest of things all the time like uh, it's just a normal thing we do or a cool shirt but it has a meaning to it like most clothing companies have meanings to it so making that a normal thing like that's the way I see it I guess and 
I don't know. Yeah, but I remember actually telling you about the dinner table thing. That was because I had like a very specific vision of people talking about my story and it being around the dinner table and parents saying, look, you're safe coming to me. Because I, as, much, as great as my mother was and not particularly my father, but I just didn't feel as though I had a safe space to run to. And that's no credit to them. They just didn't, they simply didn't know. That's no discredit to them. They just simply didn't know. So I, everyone needs to feel like they have a safe space to speak what they say, what they want to say. Sorry. And following yeah. on from you telling your mum, what kind of yeah. happened after that? So was that following the accusation that was made against you? Yeah. So um, when I, yeah, so the accusation was sent in an email and that email was then forwarded to me and it was forwarded to my mum. And it was like this big, big ordeal. I remember I was living by myself at the time. I was in this apartment and I was super close to, I just, uh, I'll just say I just was in fear being alone and I just couldn't be alone. So I ended up moving back in with my mother because I just need, and my family because I needed a, I needed some sort of support system around me. Like it was just not going to work if I continued to be alone. The first, I remember with my mum, the first few days, we just didn't know what to do with it because it, like it's, I put myself in her shoes. It would have been such a heartbreaking thing to hear. And you had no idea. Like I would, I know how I would have felt, but she was so shocked and felt guilty like she did something wrong and she didn't do anything wrong. I, like, But it took a few days initially to figure it, for us to figure out what we wanted to do. But there was, since then, it's been unwavering support and it hasn't, it grows every day, like I was saying before. She's constantly learning and constantly wanting to learn to be better. And what was the plan of action, I guess, that you took? Did you take it to the police? Did you tell your dad and the rest of your family or...? Well, not initially because I didn't, I feared, well, we went to my dad with it because obviously he had to know. Um, well, my mum went to my dad with it. I, I was in fear of what was going to happen. Um, but I didn't want to go down that road because I feared if it blew up into this big, I still fear if it blows up into this big sort of court case and stuff, then the little girl's at risk and it's just a shit show. I don't want to create another generation of trauma. That that would be super selfish. You know, I have to put my own ego aside and whatever thing I want and just be content with what's happened. But, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, collateral damage that can happen if if yeah, things escalated to a certain point, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And it's a difficult yeah, thing to think, like, you know, even if it's, you know, for you to say it would be selfish in a way, but at the same time you deserve to have your day and you deserve to have your yeah. the impact that this has had on you and your life to be heard yeah. and to be acknowledged. Well, the way I see it, I sort of, I've had my, I don't want to say I've had my day because I think now I'll call it a moment. I've had my moment because what happened to me has given me, as twisted as it sounds, but it's given me 
the thing that I want, it's given me something that I want to pursue, something that I want to help people with. And it's led me to opportunities of both, both creatively and in, in regard to networking that, it, that I wouldn't have got if it didn't sort of happen to me. I, th- I genuinely think I was meant to go through this, as crazy as that sounds, because no one deserves to go through this. But I genuinely feel in a spiritual sort of sense I was meant to go through this so I could achieve greater things yeah. for, for other people. Yeah. yeah. Like it's given you a purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like a thing that, you know, I'm, I'm happy that happened to me. Like it's disgusting and abhorrent. Don't get the rainbow without the rain, I guess. Well, I think yeah. that's a really good way of saying it. Like it's that an interesting was, way to look at it, yeah. Yeah, and it was an absolute storm. So I'm hoping for multiple rainbows right now. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> yeah. have, and it's a reflection on your own, you know, if we go down that analogy, on your own sunshine that you've added to, you know, the storm because you've done everything yourself to get yourself here. You've worked so hard. You're the one that's reached out to network people. You know, you're asking to meet other people. You're doing everything that you can to possibly get your story out and get your voice out and word out. And I think one of the things that is so important about that more than anything isn't just your story and it being a female offender, but for you being a male survivor and being a young male survivor you know, the same way that we've had, um, you know, Ryan, Jeremy and Antares on, on this podcast where the response that has been from young men that never hear from other young men, you know, I think it's it plays such a part in the potential to change people's lives. Yeah, for sure. And that there's a great power in that and I, I'm, I'm totally aware of the weight that that carries as well. I'm not oblivious to that, I'll just say. We're going to do good things. So you. <laughs> you did You did mention that um, your mum told your dad and that yes. kind of happened without you there. Do you have a relationship yeah. with him now? Has he um, treated you as well like a victim and, and addressed that with you or is it a little bit more strange considering because he would have grown up obviously thinking that your daughter was his? We, I, 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 not on speaking terms with my father. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I I didn't mention in the video, but I'll, I'll and I mentioned it to a few people. But um, I feel as though yeah, there were there were multiple opportunities for me to be saved. I can I can say that much. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to get in trouble. But there were multiple opportunities that I could have been saved, yeah. and that didn't happen. Parents should put their kids first every, every step of the way. And I don't feel as though that happened for me. I'm not angry about it. I'm not happy about it. I'm just, I have no feeling towards him, unfortunately. And I'm okay. That's one of the things that I was talking about earlier. You have, Sometimes you just have to walk away from things that don't serve you. And that's that that applies to that situation. But, yeah, but yeah I don't want to say something that can get me into trouble later. So yeah. I'll just, yeah. Yeah, no, but that, there, there, were, there, there, were op- there were opportunities where I could have been saved, multiple along the whole journey, even for, as a young kid, and it didn't happen. And, um, yeah, yeah that, that is as unforgivable as what the perpetrator uh, did to me. You know, so many people say things like, but it's your blood and shit like that, and it's like it doesn't matter. Yeah. You have to, your 
chosen family and your actual family. And if you go down the path of being around those who serve you rather than those who hurt you, um, and it sounds like what you're saying from the beginning anyway, that this person has put you and caused a lot of trauma in your life, regardless of this sexual abuse as well. So um, it completely makes sense. And obviously there's still going to be something there for a long yeah. time that you're going to have to work through, which is those yeah. ripple fe- effects on the pond that, you know, it's not just one person who's victimized. It's not just one, you know, it's not just you, even though what's happened to you is awful. It's not even just that situation. It's all of your relationships with all of these people who are impacted by the hor- the horrific actions of one woman. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, and as I was saying before, it's a total domino effect. I have to take an account, take into account, sorry, the multiple people it affects, including this, my little girl or um, my little siblings or, you know, people that, you know, friends and relationships and there's so many factors in play. Do you, that's part of, that's part of the struggle of survive, for survivors. And, and especially a survivor that comes out publicly with it and talks about it on a public sort of forum because a lot of opinions get involved. And I was well aware of that before I got into it. Like I knew it was, you know, it's like art. It's like you create something, once you put it out there, it's not yours anymore. I think one thing yeah. I want to call out as well that you said before, specifically about coming out so openly and as a male survivor that's a victim of a female perpetrator. Um, yeah. And I actually just want to clarify as well, Uh, I'm saying male and female and it's not very gender inclusive. So I just want to make sure that we're talking about men and women in the context of crime. um, And that definitely does include trans people. And I'm sorry if I've offended anybody, but I will continue. I'll call the perpetrator, the perpetrator um, maybe from now on. So I just want to make that clear. I do apologize if I've offended anyone, but you did say that you were thinking at one point in time, like I'm, I'm lucky and this is something that is like a good thing. Um, What was the response online to your story talking about this? Were there people that were saying stuff like that to you? Um, Not directly, not directly. Um, But there were people, you know, to hear it is it's, I'm not going to like for anyone, it's a hard pill to swallow, you know, especially to see someone you've known for all this time to then come to a realisation that, fuck, this has happened to them. Like, what the hell? Like, it's it's tough. Like, I can get that some people might react in a way that's not, like, supportive or anything because, you know, it's a hard thing to take on. But um, a lot of it was I got just so much support, so much support. Like, it's unbelievable. Um, and the people that didn't really support just didn't really talk or just don't really continue to talk to me about it. Like I know I really did see people leave my life after that because probably because they're too, it's too uh, abrasive for them to, to fully, you know what I mean? Like, do you know the point I'm trying to make? Yeah. Like, yeah. It just all feels too much and you don't know what the right thing to say is. So so many people say nothing because they're in fear of saying the wrong thing. Yeah. And look, that's totally fine because that's the world we live in now, but I want to be a part in creating a world that 
where that's not the case. Like it's okay to come forward. Yeah. Or talk about it, but you know, no, no one's ever going to be the same and deal with it the same way. You know, everyone's different. So, yeah, I completely understand. And I, I, you know, there are so many people, young and old, who, who feel that way. And that's why I think this education comes into it so much. There's people listening to this now that can hear maybe some of the questions I'm asking or the conversation that we're having, and and emulate yeah. that in a conversation yeah. with somebody else. For sure. Yeah, a hundred and ten percent gone into a lot of detail so thank you for being so candid about your story and what you've gone through i guess is there anything else about your story that we didn't touch on that you would like to share i'm pretty i'm a pretty open book when it comes to it because i think that's important and that's my whole message i feel as though i haven't said it in a real crass way or anything but i think it's been open enough where it's you know digestible yeah absolutely and that's the importance of you being able to tell it in your own words. Some people go into a lot of detail, some people don't. And I think you've gone yep. through a lot and it's hard to fit that much detail and life and everything into one uh, small yeah. conversation. Um, yeah, for sure. But I guess before I get into um, how people can, can connect with you and everything like that as well, yeah. one thing before I finish each episode as well that I um, ask all of the survivors, victims that come on here is if somebody you knew or somebody's going through the same thing that you have, what would be, and they're going through it now, what would be your advice to that person? Oh, well, what would be my advice? I would give them, I would say, take what I'm going to tell you is what I've done. You can take it. And but healing is a completely, like it's a totally individual journey. But I would say I chose, I made a conscious decision to choose happiness, to heal through humour and to uh, stick with people and and pursue activities and things that serve my higher purpose. At the end of the day, everyone just wants a happy life. I know I do. We've got to pursue that. The pursuit of happiness is the greatest thing that you can do. I don't know if that's good advice, but, but I, I would say that's <laughs> I'd no, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it. It's, you know, my my response and reaction won't be the same as yours, but by knowing that, I think that's a really great way to put it. If somebody wants to get in contact with you, if they want to touch base with you, if they want to support you in any way, um, what can they do and how can they do that? So I have um, the Inst- my Instagram account. It's at it's Harry James, H-A-R-R-I, because my mother wanted me to be different. Um, uh, <laughs> and I uh, have a website uh, coming out. Well, by the time this comes out, you'll be able to access my website, which is harrisonjames.org. And on that website, there's uh, you can purchase the clothes. You can find um, links to all different services of support and everything. So it's really great vessel for people to go to. And, yeah, it's cool. You, that, that, that's the go-to place. You'll see everything there. Love it. And we will link that in the show notes for this episode as well. And I really hope we can get you back on for another chat sometime. Um, I reckon we need to link in with some of the other male survivors and get a really good chat going as well. I would absolutely love that. That would be brilliant. Um, I think we need to do a, uh, I think we need to do a 
fucking justice reclaim me uh clothing collaboration at some point that would be really cool (laughs) how good would that be we've both got the rainbow in our because i'm doing a bit of designs at the moment we're both you know i'm looking to merch too we're trying to get this stuff going Uh and no i love it um so yeah harry (laughs) no no um Harry just jumped on in his hat. He's like, yeah, as I said before, it says fucking justice, but it's in rainbow. And I was like, I've got a tote bag that we're designing in the rainbow. I was like, it's just such a lovely to see, I guess, we're in our own creativity, we've come up with two different designs in two different ways, um, but we've incorporated yeah. so many of the same things, which I think is so wonderful. I think I think we could make it like one unified thing, one really cool club. That feels awesome. Yes. Maybe. We'll see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if we sell anything first. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> but yeah, so if if anyone um yeah wants to support Harry at home, please go onto the website when it's ready. Buy some clothes. They would be good gifts. There's heaps of different ways that you can support as well. Like, share, comment on different things, share this story with somebody that you think might need to hear it, Instagram posts, anything. Any support out there might not be reaching you. You might not be a survivor yourself, but you guarantee, I guarantee that you do know one. So, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a wonderful experience having this chat with you. It's been an absolute honour. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. That's my absolute pleasure. So for now, this is Reclaim Me signing out. This content may have been distressing or triggering for some listeners. In Australia, for national crisis support, please contact Lifeline on 131114. For more resources, please see the show notes for this episode. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.